0: In First Timothy chapter four tonight, and um, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have to look at yourself. You know, now some of us—that's more painful than others—to uh, look at ourselves on many different levels. Okay, I'm not just talking about the way we look, but uh, I mean looking at our sin, looking at our shortcomings, and those things. And and uh, really, I don't know if 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 you know and. And uh, even if you do know, I'm not sure we can know enough and talk about enough what a faithful pastor looks like or the job description uh, of a pastor. What what does that look like? What should that be? And uh, I'm going to tell you this, and, it, and this may sound a little contentious, I don't mean to be, but most people have a lot of ideas what they think the pastor should be. Um, uh, most people, in fact, are very opinionated about what a good pastor should be. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, I've heard a lot of ideas, and a lot of them are completely wrong. You know, um, and you say, well, Jeremy, you know, you, know, you know, who died and made you pope? Well, you know, nobody did, but, but the Word of God is clear on what the faithful pastor is. Um, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, we're going to read the first 16 verses there. And um, I'm going to tell you, um, you know, it, it, it really, really boils down to this. We need to know what the Word of God says about the man of God. I need to hear what the Word of God says about the man of God. Because if we really understand it, it helps us. It helps you and your expectations of me. It helps me and my expectations of me. It also helps me with my expectations or your expectations. Y'all expect a lot of what a pastor is, rightly so. And so tonight we're just going to take a few moments look at these verses. This is a core sermon. Uh, This is for your core of your church, your bedrock of your church, and and I'm sure that's who we have a lot of here tonight. So 1 Timothy chapter number 4, let me read verses 1 through 16, and they say this, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having in their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God had Uh, God created to be received with thanksgiving uh, by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good. Nothing is to be refused. It is to be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Listen to this. Verse 6. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. Reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself towards godliness, for bodily exercise pr- profits little. Now, if you don't like to work out, if you don't like to exercise, there is a scripture right there that you can throw up at one of your bodybuilding buddies, okay? Um, I'm kind of joking, but it, it does say that right there. It says, But godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that, that, that now is and of, the, of that which is to come. This is the faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially those who believe. These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and purity. Till I come, listen to this, verse 13. Till I come, give attention. Okay, this is Paul speaking to a preacher. This is what a preacher is to give his attention to. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy and with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that you may progress. Or excuse me, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, continue in them. Why? Why do we do these things? Here's the answer in verse 16. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Now, this uh, sermon title tonight from my note takers is The Faithful Pastor. The Faithful Pastor. What does a faithful pastor look like? What job description does the pastor have? In fact, when I interviewed with the pulpit committee here, we interviewed three times, I think, and um, three or four and 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 when we interviewed, I asked uh, I think several times what the job description was, and in your constitution and bylaws here at, at Tim Rod Baptist Church, you have a job description, but it is nothing like this job description and, and I don't say that to be ugly it's fine, every church has a job description, and most of them to be honest with, you, look the same, but it's a job description for the pastors and the and, and previous pastors, and the deacons, and the elders laid it forth, and I like it, it's a good job description, but this is the job description on kind of, for me, to carry those things out, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what you should expect. This is what you should expect. Paul gives us a clear and pretty scriptural evidence that God, you know, uh, gives us exactly what he wants in a pastor. Alright? So, I want to tell you today, first thing, if you're, Taking notes, the first thing, verses one through six, tell us that a pastor must be faithful in preaching the word. If you go back to verse one, what's it say? Verse one. It says, speaking all these lies and hypocrisy, verse two, it says, forbidding to marry. He says, All these things, all these things will happen in these days. He says, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith. He says, and the doctrine which you have carefully followed. We must be uh, careful and we must be clear on how we preach the word and follow the word. Guys, if you look at those verses, it's also verse 2, speaking lies, hypocrisy. You go back to verse 1, it says that some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Guys, have you noticed what's going on in our world with all the shootings? You know, and if you're if you're pretty... Uh, if you're pretty you know um pretty current, you know that we're having way too many shootings um just last week, um you know that guy went into the, his wife went into that uh government building uh and they and they killed these 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 people uh, uh it was fourteen people they killed, and I think there's another twenty or so twenty one or so that are in the hospital. We've had shooting after shooting we've had tragedy after tragedy. And I don't know how you look at the world. I don't know how you, what your, you know, you know worldview is. But a lot of this that happens, I believe there are demonic, I, I just believe there are demonic and, and spiritual dark forces in this world working. I believe that. And, and if you look at verse number two, uh, one and two, it says, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Can I ask you something? And I just want to ask you, just real on, open and honest. Someone who goes into a building with a gun armed for, for basically a small war, when they go in there and blow people away, how can we look at them and say that there is not evil and demons in this, in this world? In this world? People are under control of things. People worship things. This, this woman, the wife uh, that actually started the firefight with the policeman uh, we know that she pledged her allegiance to I, uh, ISIS uh, shortly, sometime before they went into this building and, and killed people. We know that uh, they were radicalized, quote unquote." And we know that our country, our, our, our politicians, our president, uh, our world, we, we call, uh, you know, radical Islam, terrorism, all the things. I want to tell you something. We've got people that are under demonic control by deep, dark, ugly, spiritual things that that we cannot see. It's a world that we don't see. It's a a realm that exists around us that if we saw it, it would scare us to death. But there is a war raging between good and evil. And there are people worshiping evil. How evil can you be to go somewhere in an elementary school or, or a college and look at a child and kill them for no other reason than... You just want to kill people. That's demonic. That's satanic. We call it mental illness. We call it terrorism. We call it this. We call it that. There are demonic, dark, sinful, wicked forces in this world, church. And, and, and when we look at the pastor, when we look at what he's supposed to do, you know, when we when we see this, it lays out plainly. A pastor must be faithful to preaching the word and following. The word says, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God had created to be uh, received with thanksgiving. Verse 3, for every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused. It is to be received with thanksgiving. He says, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister. You've got to preach. Preach what the Bible says. There are pastors out there. I want to tell you, y'all know this. There are pastors out there that preach things that are not anywhere in this book opinions opinions where do they get some of this stuff Um, I'm going to tell you something I might make a few of you mad but you love me and you'll get over it I hope I hope get on your TV if you got direct TV or you got any and look at these TV preachers oh my lord the garbage that some of these guys say you know they're, they're life coaches they get up there and they don't say anything there's no gospel hardly. There's no Bible hardly. Now, there's a few. You know, Charles Stanley, he's a, he's a, good, he's a good one. You know, there's, there's others. But some of these guys get up there and they they don't say anything. They don't preach the word. They don't preach the gospel. They just say, oh, hey, you do this. Here's three steps. Here's five keys. But, but, but where's the gospel? Where's the word? You've got to know what it says. And a pastor, he must be faithful to preaching the word and practicing the word. If you instruct these things, the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith. I was criticized one time uh, for it, the way I did youth ministry. And uh, y'all, y'all know me enough uh, to know that that didn't really affect me a whole lot. I just kept on, you know, keeping on. I, I didn't really care what they thought. But, you know, they said, Jeremy, you can't just preach to youth. You can't just preach. you got to have pizza parties, and you got to do this, and you got to do that. I said, well, we do have pizza parties. We do do fun things. But what does the Bible say that a minister is supposed to do? He says, if you instruct the brethren in the words of faith, nourished in the words of faith, in good doctrine, those things are what a minister is supposed to do. I mean, think with me. What if we never gave them the gospel? What if our doors swung swung open and there was hundreds of people in here and we didn't give them the gospel? We didn't give them the words of faith. We didn't give them the things that the Word of God says. What would our church be? Where was the ministry? Where is the things that, that, that God called us to do? I want to be honest with you. I want to be honest with you. It scares me to death some of the things I hear in our pulpits you flip over, You don't have to flip there uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and he's talking he says what's the main thing you do he says I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead and his appearing and his kingdom preach the word preach the word what else should the pastor do but preach the word some of you say well, well Jeremy you preach the word Jeremy you know, you do a good job with that. What else should you do? The pastor must be, I'm saying that's what y'all say, I don't say that, that's what y'all say. Uh, pastor must be faithful in preaching the word, but then the pastor must be faithful in practicing the word. He says in verse number 7 through 12, he talks about how we must always practice what we preach. He goes on to say, in verse 7, Reject profane and old wives' tables and exercise yourself towards godliness. He says, for bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. Having promise of the life that, is now, that now is and is, of which is to come. A pastor must be faithful in practicing what they preach. And this is so hard, guys. This is so hard. I mean, uh, I, uh, you know, we were out to eat today. Uh, some, some members took us out to eat today and Joel and Addie and, and, and Lina were, for about five minutes, wonder, not even five minutes, uh, Joel, we sat down at the table, and, and uh, Hannah went to fix their um, their plates, and, and, and I was sitting down with the kids, and, uh, you know, I was kind of halfway paying attention, and I, I turned my back, I'm looking at, like, what's on the on the bar, you know, the important stuff, like, what's on the buffet, like, oh, man, I got chicken, and, you know, and so I'm looking over there, I turn around, and Joel has, got one of the blind cords and like yanked it and then let it go and the blinds were like just laying to the floor. And he's just standing there just janking on this line up and down. And there's there's people walking. We're like right as you come in the door and people are just like just shaking their head like what a terrible dad He's not even watching this kid. And then a few minutes later uh, my son he had a piece of chicken and He's and he's making Larry he's making Larry pull the chicken off the bone for him. Here pull the chicken off the bone Larry. And then Carolina's standing up and turning around screaming at people as they walk by. Hey bye! Hey bye! Hey bye! And then Addie, Addie's halfway, halfway, you know, being hay, but she's still, you know, flicking macaroni. And she's doing her head back and forth and her ponytails in her plate, getting food all over it. I mean, and I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there. People all around. There were some other church members in there. My wife's there. My kids are there. And I wanted to just put the table upside down. I mean, I'm just, you know, had enough. Took them outside this afternoon. They're jumping on the trampoline. They make one lap around the trampoline. Daddy, we want to get out. Daddy, we want to go in. I look over there. Carolina's taking her shoes off, taking her pants off. Joel's got a juice box. He's taking a juice box, and he's soaking his his clothes. He's just pouring the juice box all over himself. Addie's got her juice box just swinging it around her head like a NASCAR driver to one of Daytona 500. And I'm sitting there thinking, why can't you kids... Just jump in the trampoline, and when you get hot, drink your juice box and be good. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Praying that there's not a church member hiding somewhere watching all this. We've got to practice what we preach. We've got to be kind. We've got to be gentle. We've got to be forgiving. We've got to love our wives, love our children. We've got to practice this life of godliness Paul emphasizes that growing in the word is more important than any other growth if you read a little farther he says "For, uh, for to this end we both labor verse 10 we suffer reproach because we trust in living God who is especially the, sa- He's the savior of all men especially those who believe these things command and teach he says listen he says always he says always practice what you preach there's some good communicators out there guys uh, I know some preachers that are real good communicators, but they're not very good, you know, livers. I'm one of them sometimes. I, I could communicate, but sometimes I can't always follow. You know what, I, what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of like taking your own, what do they say, taking a dose of your own medicine, you know? It's easy to give it to someone else, but when you got to take it, it's hard. So pastor must be faithful in, in practicing the Word. We must practice what we preach. But then verse 13 says, We must be faithful and progressing in the Word. If you look at verse 13, he says, Till I come, give attention to these things. Reading. Guys, let me tell you something. All right, we'll Lay it out there. I need to be studying. I need to be in the study. Reading. I need to lock the door. I need to go in there and just close the door. I need to go in there. I need to have my nose in a book. I need to have my nose in the Bible. I need to be reading and listening to sermons. I need to be, uh, one pastor said, you got to feed the machine. You got to feed the machine. And, and sometimes people, not y'all, I'm just you know, generally speaking, people don't understand this. You know, uh, I, I told the, the pulpit committee, I said, look, do y'all have a church office, a pastor office? Said, yeah, we've got one. I said, well, you know, I'm going to be spending a lot of time in there. I just want to make sure we have an office. And Hannah, I tell you, you know, sometimes it's frustrating because there's things that need to be done. There's, there's, there's times I have to walk away from the family. There's times I have to isolate myself from what's going on in life. There's times that there's a visit I want to do, but I can't because I've got to prepare. Listen, this stuff don't just come out. This stuff doesn't just come from anywhere. I don't just pull it out of thin air and spit it out. No, you've got to study. He says, give attention. He says, give attention to to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. I've got to know. I've got to know these things so I can teach them to you. I must constantly be improving. I must constantly be progressing in the Word. Always improving. What Word can a pastor bring to his people that he hasn't been through? We must constantly give ourselves to these things. He says, these things command and teach, he says. Let no one, excuse me, I'm sorry, I, I skipped a verse. He says, till I come, give attention to these reading, to, to reading, to exhortation and the doctrine. Do not neg- neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by the prophecy and laying on of the hands of the eldership. He says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. You know, there, there's times like, and I'm guilty. I'm very bad. Uh, Dale came up here the other day to work on the vacuum cleaner. Because uh, he's just an awesome guy. He fixes stuff, and thank God for Dale, because Dale's just awesome. And and you know, I'm in my office. I was working on a sermon, and I couldn't stand it. I heard I heard the door open. I'm like, okay, someone's here, someone's in the building. I keep on typing, keep on reading. Then I hear some like this lit, real loud, like bang, bang, you know. And I'm like, okay, I gotta go see what that is. So I get, I should have stayed in my behind in the office. I, I, that's where I should have been. But I got up, and I just wanted to see what was going on. And then I, Dale was in the floor. And he's just, he's just gotten the vacuum cleaner, tore apart, and he's working on the vacuum cleaner. Well, you know, I like to work on stuff, so I'm helping Dale work on the vacuum cleaner. You know, I love it. But sometimes as pastors, we get so distracted that we want to have our hands in everything. Uh, uh, Laura's here. Gene's uh, not. I hate to tell this, but Gene... Uh, Jean not here. Is, she, is Jean here? Yeah, no, she's not here. Okay. And, and you remember the other day, y'all come up here to get the Christmas decorations. And, and, and I, again, I hear, I hear doors opening and slamming. I can't stand it. I, I got to go see what's going on. So Laura and Jean are, are in here and they're getting ready to, to decorate the Christmas trees and the, and the wreaths and the chandeliers and everything. And, and I said, well, hey, I, I'm, I'm doing sermon prep. I, you know. I said, but hey, I, I'll come help y'all. You know, If you're in a men's Sunday school class, you heard this story this morning. And so... I said, okay, well, I'm going to go help y'all. So that we go over to the other building where the, the, the tree is. And, and this tree's in a room, and there's no ornaments on it. But it's, it's, it's there, and it's, it's just like that. It's put together. It's not in a box. And, and Laura and Gene told me that I could take the tree. That was my job. So I grabbed somewhere, I don't know, right in here. when I should have grabbed somewhere in here. And I picked this up. It fell over, the top fell on the floor, the bottom went that way, the lights were pulled all over the place. Larry's little puppet thing, his little puppet little stage right there, I knocked it all to pieces, it goes all over the floor, and I'm just tearing everything up, stepping on the cord, ripping the tree apart, the base flies across the floor, and I'm sitting there thinking, why didn't I just stay in my office? (laughs) Could have just stayed in my office. What does Paul tell Timothy? He says, give yourself to these things. He says, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Do you know that one of the the main things of my job, y'all should see progress in me. It should be evident to the members of this church that I have studied. It should be evident to the members of this church that I have been with God. I'm going to tell you something, guys. This morning was tough for me. You think it was tough for you. It was very tough for me. To say those things about my, 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 my family and all that. And, and to talk about, you know, driving by his house and, or the, that girl's house. And, all those things were tough. But I've been with God this week. And I'll tell you, I spent God, hours on that sermon this week. Working on that thing. Listening and studying. I've got notes. If you go in my office right there, there's sticky notes all over my desk. That I was just writing all week reading that passage. And you take that you take that time with God, you take those moments, you take that pain, you take those things and you channel them through a pulpit, you channel them through a sermon into the lives of the people out there because God gave that to you for them and it should be evident to you that I'm constantly progressing and faithful in the word. I could get on the internet, download a sermon, print that booger off and preach it. I could do that. I know guys that do it. You know guys that do it. I want to I want, to tell you, I want to share that with you, okay? But I'm not one of them. I'm going to study. I'm going to be faithful, not because you expect it, not because somebody told me to a long time ago, because the Word of God says, give yourself entirely to these things. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Let me. I'm not bragging. I'm not, but i got to tell you this. My pastor, Todd Morris, he, he told me this one time, and it puffed my head up. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but you know, I've had other things knock me back down too. So, but he told me one time. He said, "Jeremy, I want to tell you something." He said, "You've got a natural ability to preach." He told me that. He said, "Jeremy," he said, "You've got listen to what he should have never told me this. I'm telling you." Um, he said, "He said you have natural ability and natural talent that far outshines most." That's what he told me, and I'm like, "Well, yes, sir. <laughs> I have arrived." But do you know what that means? You know what that means? I, and I'm saying that to be funny. Look at verse number 14. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. When God gives us a gift, we can't neglect it. I had another professor. I was preaching. How many of you ever, ever heard of a preacher talk about Bible college? You ever heard of a preacher tell a story about that? We had this thing in Bible college, guys. It was so funny. It was called the pit. You ever heard of the pit? You ever heard of a preacher talk about the pit? What it is. You go in this. It's a. It's a hole. You're in. You're in. You walk into this room and there's seats up around you, like in a, like in, um, like an amphitheater. Yeah, like an amphitheater, like a, like a coliseum. You're in the bottom. All right. All your classmates are above you. Your two preaching professors are up there, and and you have to get up there and preach for 15 minutes for a grade. Right. You've got 15 minutes, and and y'all know for me, 15 minutes, right. And and you got 50 minutes and you're down there in the pit and uh and they're each gonna critique you one by one on everything you did wrong, everything you did good, and they're gonna tell you everything about what you need to fix. I mean you gotta do that. Not only are you graded for preaching, they're graded for how they critique you. Scared to death. I was scared to death. I got I still got the sermon I preached. I got up there and just stuttered and didn't do well. I thought I did terrible and my intro was weird, and my closing was weird, I just blew it, I thought I did terrible. I think I got an A minus. You know, I, I did okay. They said, but here's what one of my professors told me. He should have never told me this. He should have never. T- he said, Jeremy. He said, you've got a gift. Listen to what he said. Now, you've got a gift for biblical preaching. I said, oh, he's just being nice, you know. But I never forgot that. A couple years later, I, a couple years, years, guys. I went back to Fruitland. And I met him. I saw him. He said, man, I remember you got a gift. He, you've got a gift for preaching. And this thing's just like. I'm just, I'm like, yes, sir, you know. Guys, listen, though, listen. Paul says, do not neglect the gift that is in you. Success starts with preparation. We've got to prepare. Verse 15, meditate on these things. 16, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. Why? Why? Because if you do this, you will save both yourself and yourself and those who hear you. My ordination sermon, Todd Norris, stood in front of me. He said, Jeremy, he said, when well, one day when you become a pastor, he said, Jeremy, one day when you get a church, and this is y'all, y'all are my first church, he said, one day there's going to be people in those pews. They're going to be beat up. They're going to be drugged through the mud. They're going to be going through tragedies. They're going to be walking through the valleys. He said, Jeremy, your job is going to be to fill them up your job is going to be to encourage them. Your job is going to be able to teach them. That's what your job's going to be. And that's what they say here in verse 16. Take heed to these things. Take heed to yourself. Take heed to the doctrine. Continue in them. For if you do this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. That's my job. Listen, you say, what does a preacher do? If we do it right... If we do it faithfully, if we do our job the right way, if we do it the way Paul told Timothy, if we do these things, he says in verse 16, you will save yourself and those who hear you. People's lives will be saved. People's lives will be changed. People's problems will be fixed. They'll cling closer to Christ. They'll follow Jesus. They'll be changed from the inside out. The faithful preaching of the word, the faithful meditation on the word, the faithful uh, studying and the exhortation and the prayer, those things will save lives. It's not about a young family moving into a parsonage and keeping, you know, making sure the house is taken care of. It's not always, bear with me, guys, don't, don't take this the wrong way. It's not always about being there for every surgery, it's not always doing those things. The number one thing Paul says: If you do this, you will save yourself and those who hear you. Tonight, I know, I know, I know. I just know because I know situations. I hadn't told Diane and and, and uh, Donnie this. Y'all, y'all hadn't heard this from me yet. But uh, Wednesday night, when Donnie called me, Hannah was actually standing there, and Donnie called me and gave me the news about Lynn, and and I. I don't know how I looked. I mean, I don't know because, you know, she was looking at me. But I literally felt like every ounce of anything in me leave my body. And I just almost collapsed. In fact, if you remember, I walked over to a dresser. And I just kind of leaned on the dresser when Donnie was telling me that there's nothing else they can do for Lynn, and this cancer is going to get him. And I remember thinking, I don't know what to do. I hung up the phone after I talked to Donnie. I said, is this part of what being a pastor is, hurting when they hurt? Because I hurt. I said, I feel like my dad. I feel like this is my father. I feel like this is my family. Just laid hands on this man. Sunday he joined, our last Sunday he joined our church. Wednesday night, you're dying. You're dead. You're going to die. Just got his medicine. I know that Donnie, I know that Diane, I know that Donna, the children, the grandchildren, I know they're hurting. Kurt, a lot of his family, Miss Pauline, it's been months and months since I've been here, of uh, just, you know, falls and pain. I know that there's some in your family, and, and there's some in and your friends that are, that are hurting. Had a friend I went to high school with, she had a child born, stillborn, a few months ago. Now today, she says she's having another one. She's gonna try, they're going to try to have another child. There's so many things that are going on in our church body, you know? There's so many things that are going on around us. Hurt, pain, joy, sorrow, all these things are happening. But listen, I want to ask you today and I want to give myself to you today and I want to put myself out there and tell you the reason I'm here The reason I'm here is not to stand here every week and tell you that everything's going to be good and that everything's awesome and if you just do this, everything's going to be okay. No, my job is to preach what the Bible says. My job is to tell you what God says and my job is to be there holding your hand as you walk through these tragedies, as you walk through these things. I'm not here to trick you and to tell you that everything's going to be all right because it's not and it's not going to always be all right. But if we trust Christ, if we're faithful to the Bible, we'll be there walking there through those valleys with you. I don't know what's going to happen with your mom, dude. I don't know. Your niece, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with those tragedies. I don't know. But I'm going to be here with you. I'm going to be here with you. We're going to go through it together. That's what being a faithful pastor is. Fill them up. Fill them up, fill their ears, fill their hearts, fill their lives with the word of God. Do this, Paul says, you will save yourself and those who hear you. Tonight, I pray, I pray that we're on the same page about what a pastor is. Because uh, Paul tells us in his word what, what I should be doing. Let's, uh, we're not going to have an invitation, I'm just going to close with some prayer. And, and uh, tonight, if you're going through a tragedy, your pastor loves you. Your pastor loves you. Tonight, if you're walking on a mountaintop, things couldn't get any better for you, your pastor loves you, and I'm here to walk with you. Tonight, if you're coming out of a valley, your pastor loves you, and he's here to walk with you. But I hope and pray that I'll be faithful and do these things. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the scriptures that tell us if we do these things, we'll save ourselves and those around us. God, we thank you For a clear description of what our pastor should be doing. Growing in the word. Practicing the word. Preaching the word. Progressing in the word, God. You told us through Paul to do these things. Nothing else but these things. Sure, there'll be visits. There'll be tragedies. There'll be funerals. There'll be weddings. But God, the main thing. A preacher. Preaching. The main thing. Preach the word. Practice the word. Progress in the word. God, help me to be faithful. Help our folks to come alongside, pray for their pastor, and help me to be faithful. And God, I pray that one day when this all world ends and we're all out of here, we can all look together and say, we were faithful. We were faithful. We love you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Hope to see you all all Sunday. All right, excuse me, Wednesday. Wednesday. Good night. Have a good night. I miss you, man. Appreciate you, brother. I bless you. Love you, man.